Hello and welcome to The Landed Podcast. I'm John Montgomery, co-founder of Landed, a travel company specializing in tailor-made journeys throughout Latin America and the Antarctic. At Landed, we're devoted to exploring these regions, searching out exceptional experiences and locations for our clients. The Landed Podcast profiles some of our favorite places and brings you conversations with friends we've made along the way, explorers, artists, and visionaries. If you're a repeat listener, welcome back. If you're new to the show, thanks for joining us. Born and raised among the emerald-colored landscapes of Colombia's Central Andes, Camilo Garcia Escobar is a natural exponent for the Zona Cafetara. He's an avid learner, a caring host, and a genuinely happy soul. Camilo loves his work, and that spark of his radiates through every encounter. He has the patience of a birder, the curiosity of a biologist, and the engaging enthusiasm of a cultural ambassador. His smile is cover image material for Columbia's tourism board. A trained biologist, Camilo has a deep understanding of the coffee triangle's wildlife and botanical riches. But he's more than an academic. He's an adventurer, a historian, an amateur anthropologist, and an impromptu logistician. Most of all, he's a genuine friend to all who meet him. Camilo's one of our favorite guides in Colombia. The filmmakers at Disney selected him to be their tour leader during the research trip for Encanto. One of the film's characters, the shape-shifting Camilo Madrigal, is named in his honor. Camilo is the proud father of Juan Jose, a passionate learner and future humanitarian. We spoke with Camilo in the garden of Hacienda Bambusa, a historic eight-room guest house and private farm outside Armenia, Colombia. Camilo Garcia Escobar, thank you for your time. <laughs> thank you it's great much. to be with you again. The, the last time we sat together was maybe seven years ago. Yes, I'm very glad to have you here, John. Very excited. So, tell us, who, who is Camilo? <laughs> Camilo Garcia, well, I'm a biologist by profession. Um, I was born and raised in Armenia, which is a medium-sized city in Colombia, in the foothills of the Andes, Central Andes Mountains. And I'm a passionate about nature. Since 2011, I've been working as a tour guide and developing uh, tourism in Colombian's coffee region. Um, I think, you know, in those, uh, what, 11 years now, I've gained a good experience working with tourists from all over the, the world. And, well, that's the reason why you're here, right? Because you like the, the place. Right. <laughs> Yeah, yes. I like it so much I came back. Yes. Uh, the first time we came, we came as a family. Mm-hmm. We brought our four daughters. They were quite young. I think the oldest was probably, oh, she was maybe 12 or 13, and the youngest um, was probably three. Mm-hmm. And you, we spent four days with you just enjoying this landscape and all the things to do in this area. I do remember. It's a very family-friendly part of the country. Very much. Um, You have a son. I do, I do. I have a 10-year-old boy. 
His name is Juan Jose. Juan Jose. And he yes. lives not too far away. No, no, no. He lives a half hour. Are you teaching him to here. love the birds? Uh, you know, I've, I've been trying, you know, to push you, you know, towards uh, bird watching, but he's more into video games and soccer. <laughs> it's a it's a passion that requires some some control, some sure. patience. Absolutely. One you develop maybe over time. Absolutely. At the beginning, it's not a simple task. I mean, you you get a headache. You know, you don't know how to use your binoculars. Birds, <laughs> you know, they move very fast. You know, they hop from tree to tree, from branch to branch, and uh, it could be annoying for the for the first time. But once you know you understand the experience you get hooked and yeah. that happened to me it, it it happens to a lot of people <laughs> and many people who are already hooked come to colombia colombia has the highest number of of bird species uh, of any country on on the planet the last count i saw was o over 1800 different species something like 1863 probably in a year that number will, will change now there's even more it's like 1932 is the last number. Shooting for 2000. They keep yeah. subdividing species. <laughs> I'm not sure about exactly, this. Exactly, exactly. There are splits, you know, and, you know, taxonomy is changing the, the Latin name, so it, it's quite tricky. Do you have cotingas here? We do. We, we do. have a lovely cotinga. Uh, no, well, actually, in the, in the region, I don't know, there might be five or six. Uh, Trogons. And quetzals. Uh, quetzals. Yes. Um, these are some of the most vivid birds you can see in Latin America. Absolutely, absolutely. And, and uh, some of these also are what are called lek birds, if I'm not wrong, where they do a, a congregation of males in a, in a certain part of the forest, let's say, and they do a special dance to attract the females and the best man, may the best man win. Uh, the most famous one is the uh, cock of the rocks, of the, the under cock yeah. of the rocks, yes, which is a beautiful, beautiful bird, one of my black, uh, favorite white, yellow eye. Yes, yeah. the male. Male is a very, like, vividly uh, red. Yeah. Uh, female is not that bright, but those two birds <laughs> In are color. amazing and, and stunning. Yes. <laughs> so, the birds are, are a major attraction for a subset of people that come to Bambuso, but I think most people come with a, a general appreciation for know how many hummingbirds they might be seeing here or some of the other more colorful birds but most people that come here are, are coming as they're passing through maybe between Bogota maybe headed to Cartagena or Medellin uh, is that correct is that that's correct and I think you know the people that come to Bambusa you know they they love nature because you know this is a hotel that it's basically a what a, a farm and in a remote area surrounded by, by fields, cacao fields, mandarin fields, uh, orange, banana, plantains, corn, uh, and there's uh, several ecosystems here. Besides, you know, you don't have to go far, you know, to, to see birds. You just basically sit in your balcony and their feeders there and- In a hammock. And, and a hammock, yes. <laughs> so, but, but people that come here, although, you know, they have appreciation for, for nature, they are not like uh, hardcore when it comes to, to bird watching, right? Although uh, in the last, what, five years, I've seen over 130 different uh, bird species. But besides that, you get to see iguanas, you get to see sloths, 
uh, you get to see the three-toed sloth. The three-toed sloth. Yeah, yes, three you get to see some rodents like the uh, agouti, the Central American agoutis. You see opossums. Um, you find what armadillos um, and a feline that it's called the jaguarundi. Yeah. Crab-eating foxes, among other animals. And the Kokora Valley is not too far away with the wax, the giant wax palms. This is a, a landscape straight out of Dr. Seuss books. Um, palms over 100 feet high, from what I remember. Uh, Very green valleys, super uh, steep rolling hills, and uh, waterfalls and rivers. Absolutely, that's a really beautiful place, an emblematic place for Colombians since that uh, wax palm is Colombian national tree. So it's a slow growing uh, palm, right? Some of those palms are over 150 years old. And you know, the way they look, you know, in that la landscape is stunning, right? You don't expect to find palms that tall in the mountains, in the in the cloud forest and it's a very special place besides there are not many places in the world you know that are home to these uh, wax palms and the Kokora Valley which is just uh, one hour from here um, has them and it's the most accessible place to to see them why why are they so tall they grow independently they sometimes grow in you know maybe a cluster of two or three but they're it's not as though they're competing for sunshine. Why would they put that much resource into growing so high? Well, actually, they are competing for, for sunshine. The way you look, palms growing there, uh, at, uh, let's say direct sun exposure, it's not the natural way of, it's not the natural way of growing. Actually, they are understory uh, plants. The plants that you see there, like exposed, are actually the survivors of a great uh, logging that happened okay. to, to occur there. Uh, 150 years ago, so right? They grow so high because they were in competition. Sure. Now there is no competition, but <laughs> they just keep growing. Absolutely. And yes. Okay. And that, that that makes sense. Yes. Yes. And they're valued for a wax that they produce as well, besides their beauty. Sure. Sure. Well, for a long time, uh, indigenous people and then the people that colonized this area used to scrape the the wax from the trunk, the tree trunk. Uh, to make candles. They were very long-lasting uh, candles. They used to call them the endless uh, candles, which were basically a mix of um, the wax palm and animal tallow, right? And that's, uh, of course, before the light bulb uh, yeah. was invented, right? Yeah. So that was a very convenient resource for the people who lived in, in the region. You get the wax from the trunk, but you also get wax from the from the fruits. Mm. You know, they're high in, in fat. So most people who come to Bambusa are coming for, would you say, three nights, four nights? People in Bambusa usually stay three nights. Yeah. Three nights. Three nights. During those three nights, well, we offer a tour around the hacienda, right? to understand more the cocoa processing, right? There are about 80 hectares planted in cacao. Is it one type of cacao? 
one variety. Type. Yes, one one variety. What's Actually, it's a, it's a clone. It's a CCN fifty one. CCN fifty one. This is yes. not the original hybrid that was developed in <coughs> Ecuador by a Colombian. That that is uh, the Ecuadorian uh, hybrid. Yes, okay. it's called CCN fifty one because it was developed in uh, in an area called Naranjal. Uh -huh. So CCN stands by Colección Castro Naranjal. So Castro was the name of the grower of the uh, yeah of the of the guy that made the the new breed. So people who come can see the cacao trees, the plantation. They can harvest the fruit if they want, or mm -hmm. pick a, a pod, taste the fruit, which is a lot like a rambutan or a, a mangosteen. Yes. Very white, fleshy, sweet um, when it's ripe. And uh, the pod is sort of a reddish, yellowy uh, brown when it's ready. Yes. You know, uh, the, this variety goes from uh, like a red wine color into a lighter color, which is like, what, like orangey with some yellow like stripes beautiful you know it's very well it could be an ornamental uh fruit you know Good. that's and are these um shade grown cacao most cacao is understory right yes you know cacao some is hybridized to, to, to well in direct sunshine i think but these are meant to grow understory sure sure but in bambusa you know in the first uh, couple of years they are shaded with uh, with the cloth, and later when they are transplanted into the fields, the um, they cover them with uh, bananas. So the shade of the banana leaves, you know, shade them, and uh, that's especially important for the first couple of, of years since you uh, transplant them. Does that help with the pollinization as well? Do the same kind of pollinators that do bananas? have something to do with the cacao or no? No, that's not the reason why they, they shade them. You know, cacao, it's an Amazonian plant and in the Amazon it grows in the understory. So uh, it needs shade especially uh, to protect the very young leaves. The young leaves, new leaves are pinkish, mm -hmm. right? Those leaves are very sensitive to direct sunlight. So that's why you need to shade and protect those new leaves because otherwise, you know, the plant cannot photosynthesize and then it will die or desiccate. It's, uh, it's an unusual tree for North Americans to see because the pods sometimes grow directly out of the trunk of the tree. Exactly, exactly. That, uh, which is a very common way in which Amazonian plants, you know, produce uh, fruits in the trunks and larger branches. And this is, it's pollinated by a fly, if I remember right? It's a very tiny fly, like a ten, tiny midge. Mm. Yes, although the plant uh, can self-pollinate, you know, that's also very common, self-pollination. And so, after you've tasted the fruit, you can go see, like, a, a beneficio, where you're, you're fermenting the, the seeds, the, the beans, and... Um, then then drying them and then you have the opportunity if you wish to on property to shell them to grind them and to make uh defatted uh cocoa powder right which yes. you then sell on to companies in europe and well well uh actually what you just mentioned is the way we do it here in the hotels right so we can show 
uh, our tourists, our clients, how to make uh, a homemade chocolate, right? But there's a separate business which is selling uh, beans, raw beans, you know, to larger companies in Europe. And they do the roasting and they do the, the grinding. Uh, they do the the conching and all the processes to make the, the perfect uh, chocolate they bar bar of Europe. chocolate. They do the tempering and all that. Exactly. A lot of times exactly. these, these cacao products are, are they are processed in colder weather countries because the temperature is Abs essential to, to stay constant in a, a cooler. Ah, not, on, not only that, but they have the expertise and they have the yeah. technology to make, you know, the perfect uh, bar, you know. For example, the, the Swiss and the Belgium, they really know uh, how to make, you know, the perfect chocolate bar, which is something that we Colombians and Ecuadorians and South Americans are, you know, beginning to... So much yeah, better at it. My, absolutely. Some of my favorite chocolate comes from Colombia now. Mm -hmm. And uh, some of the best makers, like I was thinking of... Um, cacao hunter sure uh, sure i bought uh, too much of that when i was in bogota yesterday uh, something that is really beautiful is like what happened with uh coffee it's also happening you know to chocolate you know uh, specialty like there there is a market now for specialty chocolate and farmers are keeping their best beans and trying to learn and to produce and to sell you know their specialty beans to certain makers. Uh, makers, right? So I'm sure that probably in five or ten years, you know, um, the, there's going to be some sophistication in the processing of chocolate in, in Colombia. Oh, we're, sure. we're heading towards uh, there, and you know, and that excites me a lot. The same is happening in Peru and Brazil and Ecuador. Um, you you are in a region though that is famous for its coffee. Mm -hmm. How many different plantations? grow coffee in this area do you know do you have a sense of how many oh my goodness no there are thousands of uh, coffee growers in the in this in this country i don't know the exact number but it counts by thousands this is the coffee triangle this is the zona cafetera this is uh this is where colombian coffee where the myth of juan valdez the <laughs> the, the marketing persona of what the colombian coffee producing group uh, you know where he, he supposedly lives, but the landscape here looks straight out of a, a commercial <laughs> from the 1970s. Well, actually, there are many Juan Valdez here, right? And actually, when you visit some of these towns like Salento, Filandia, Pijao, Buenavista, Cordoba, um, you get to see a lot of Juan Valdez. You know, people, you know, dressing in this uh, way, which is a traditional way of dressing, which is interesting about the coffee culture and the coffee cultural landscape. It's that it was basically coffee, the, the engine, the motor of the economy of this, and the developing, the development, excuse me, of this, of this region. So we share a culture, we, we share an accent, we share a way of dressing, a way of behaving, a way of, um, uh, what, getting to relate to other people, you know? There is like, a, culture it's called the coffee culture and landscape and there are many characteristics of this coffee culture and landscape so this landscape it's somehow protected by UNESCO or it's it's recognized by UNESCO for its unique cultural contributions exactly that's what I mean that's exactly what, what I mean yes
and it's the way coffee is grown, how the architecture, the houses are both dwelling places, but also places uh, to work. I mean, for example, the roofs are sliding roofs, so people dry the beans on, on the rooftop of the, of the houses, right? And the houses have uh, the facilities to produce, to ferment, to dry uh, coffee, yeah. It's, it's very interesting and then you go to, to the towns and you see the like the grid system and the main square and you see um, like the workers uh, trading and selling their products uh, and you know yeah and, and they could take their products you know either by mules or use the, the jeep wheelies you know that have also become very popular in the, in the region uh, and something beautiful about the culture of the people here is that they're very clean when you see the towns you know you don't see any garbage you know the facades are very well painted colorful people are have no graffiti, a no no excess no, no. advertising it's it's very it's very um real you know yes yeah yeah and we're very proud of of that what's the name of the italian association you were telling me about that uh, it's called cheetah slow cheetah slow this yes. is a movement it's a movement like um to keep life at a pace that is meaningful. Absolutely. Actually, when you visit those towns, you know, you have to arrive there uh, late. If you, arrive, if you arrive at 6 a.m. or 7 a.m., you know, it looks like a ghost uh, town, right? No, you don't see people, you know, everything's closed. People are uh, still sleeping eight hours a night, you know? Yes, and uh, at noon, people also take the, the nap, so... You don't feel much activity uh, there. All the people are very entrepreneurial and you, you feel it, you know? You feel that people are hustling, you know, selling things and, but at a slow pace, right? Uh -huh. Yes, and people are very friendly. You know, very I think friendly. that's what uh, makes, you know, this destination very special is that when people come, right? I mean, a tourist, they feel welcome. They feel like loved. Right, and, and it's something that is very natural to uh, Colombians, but m even more people from the coffee region. Yeah, I, you feel it. Uh, you feel it even when you when you arrive. You know, Bogota is it's a big city. Sure. I don't know, it's five sure. million or so people. It's yeah. it's uh, people are nice there and kind, but um, there's a different pace and and. Um, Maybe the willingness to share a smile or, or talk I I is greater here. <laughs> Maybe the ability or the time or the, the atmosphere <laughs> presents, uh, you know, just makes that possible more here. <laughs> I agree. Totally agree with, with you. And, and actually, that's some things, you know, that something that tethers me, you know, to this uh, land. Not only that my family uh, lives here, but also... I have friends and for me it's really easy to make uh, new friends here because people are open, people are willing to cooperate and, and that feels uh, great, like a beautiful community. So the last time we were here we did go to some of these towns mm -hmm. and to the Kokora Valley. Um, we, we did take a vintage Jeep Willy ride <laughs> and that was, uh, was a highlight for the kids, one thing <laughs> that they still talk about, you know, seven years later. We also went uh, rafting one day. Uh-huh. And um, 
I know you can do horseback riding and, and hot air ballooning here. Sure. Uh, sure. Of course, you can visit and do tastings and, and cuppings at the, the different um, coffee plantations nearby. What else would you recommend to people to do when they come? Uh, remember bird watching? It's yeah, also I didn't, I didn't forget. <laughs> and there are orchid farms, uh, for instance, right? And this is uh, also an agricultural area, right? So uh, people are developing avocado tours, banana planting tours. Um, besides, you know, there's an area intended for uh, conservation, so you can do uh, trekking and, and visiting, visit uh, hummingbird uh, houses, and you can go up to the mountains to see glaciers. You could do like Nevado uh, Ruiz, right? Nevado del Ruiz, Paramillo del Quindío. Nevado del Tolima. So actually, we are very close to a national park called Los Nevados, which translates uh, the snow-covered uh, mountain tops, mm -hmm. right? And you have really unique Puna landscape there, right? With with plants that you just can't see anywhere else. You look like they look like they're from another planet. Some of the ones. Sure, there. sure. That's an ecosystem called uh, Paramo. Paramount. Yes, and in Paramo, it's an ecosystem that it's above the tree line, right? And it's a very humid ecosystem because, uh, you know, the, the it's above the tree line, right? And the evaporation, the evapotranspiration, which is that water that transpires, you know, out of the trees, uh, plus the wind, takes the humidity to those ecosystems, so plants are adapted to collect the water from the mist. Mm. So it's really misty and mystic also mm. right so it's very cold because you find uh, paramos uh, over 10,000 uh, feet right which is uh, what 3,000 meters above sea level right yeah. uh, up to almost 5,000 meters right and wow. in this part of, of the country you find glaciers or mm, yeah snow above 5,000 meters above sea level, which is like 15,000 feet. And that area, it's so beautiful. That's also the perfect place to see spectacle bears or tapirs or what else? Yeah, foxes, pumas. Although those animals are shy. It's not that when you go there, you're guaranteed to, to see them, but it's, not but it's an area. Yeah, no, 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 no. no. But, but, but every time I go to Paramo, you know, when I go back to, to town, I feel like a new person. It's like, it's like you renew yourself. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. So you should uh, go there or invite, you know, the, the people that you know to visit a Paramo because it's, it's a special area. I've been to Paramo in, in Ecuador, but I, I'm really eager to go here perhaps on the next trip. <coughs> Absolutely uh, recommended, uh, John. And Colombia, it's important to mention that Colombia has 50% of the Paramos in the, in the world. So if you're planning to visit uh, Paramo, you should definitely come to, to Colombia and to the coffee region also. So what kind of people should come to Bambusa? Who enjoys it most? Who do you think um, has the most successful trips here? Well, I think Bambus is a place for everybody. You, you told me that you came with your, with your family, with your kids, you know, and you, you love it. 
but it's a place certainly to to be in peace right to to rest so you don't expect uh discotheques or uh, you should expect here to connect you know with nature with beautiful sounds uh and let the staff of the hotel you know spoil you you know that's uh, the idea of coming to bambusa people that enjoy the most you know people that have very uh that are very stressed right you know Usually, a lot of people that come here are uh, North Americans, you know, that uh, work in corporations that are very stressed, you know, and they find this place the best place to, to relax. And something amazing about Bobus is that you are far from the city, which is, what, 45 minutes, but you have connection to internet, you know, and you can, you don't feel that remote at all, but disconnected, yeah. You had some guests come when? A few years ago. Well, I, since, I, since the first time I met you. And they spent 13 days with you. And like you observe birds, they observed you. And they filmed you a lot. <laughs> and there's a, there's a CGI version of Camilo in the movie Encanto. Is that right? Yes, yeah. I feel very fortunate, you know. Uh, that was in 2018, you know. I was the lucky person. I was chosen to be the tour guide of the crew that directed and created the movie Encanto. So I spent 13 days traveling, uh, well, to places like Cartagena, Bogota, Barichara, coffee region. Uh, they basically wanted to have some inspiration for the movie. So they were basically uh, interviewing historians, uh, choreographers, uh, musicians, uh, geologists, everybody uh, who could explain uh, Colombia and so I learned a lot you know I became friends with them and you know one day like three years after that experience uh, I received a message from one of the directors of the movie you know telling me that they had decided to name a character after me right <laughs> which is Camilo a shapeshifter in the in the movie and well, I'm very excited, you know, to to be that that character or to feel like you know they got some inspiration from from me. I'm very grateful to to them, and yeah, it's <laughs> pretty cool. You get some cool dad points for that. <laughs> well, for the first time, my parents, you know, were proud of me. I guess. <laughs> I, don't, I, don't, I don't think so. No, I'm kidding. So we. Um, you and I and, and uh, the whole landed team were here uh, getting ready to go take this uh, cacao plantation tour. I think we got a little contest, a little chocolate making contest happening. But uh, thank you for your time. It's great to see you again. I, I, uh, I know my kids all remember <laughs> you and, and uh, some, some fun times together. Thank you very much, uh, John. I'm very excited to have you here and I hope you have a great time. I'll do my best. So you have a, a great time uh, here, and welcome. Thank you. Just, just remember, the hot air balloon is a surprise. A surprise. Don't I tell, know. don't I tell know, my know, team. Yeah, uh, I know. Erin told me, you know. <laughs> All right, it's great to see you. Again. Thank you. Thank you very much, John. If you'd like to know more about custom travel in Latin America and the Antarctic, reach out to us at landedtravel.com.
Since 2006, Landed Success has been built on word-of-mouth referrals. If you enjoyed this episode, please take a minute to rate the podcast or share it with a friend. Thank you for listening.